Welcome to Immigration Nerds. This podcast is for everyone seeking the details, context, and facts behind the banner headlines on immigration. It's the podcast that gives you the latest on immigration policy and politics and the real world impacts on the people and businesses that make our world turn. If you believe immigration makes us all better, then this is the podcast for you. Brought to you by the nerds at Erickson Immigration Group, guiding clients and their employees through the complex immigration system for over 20 years. Hello, immigration nerds. I'm Lauren Clark, senior attorney at Erickson Immigration Group. I am a fellow nerd, an immigrant, and host of this amazing podcast. On every episode, we're joined by the smartest nerds in the know as we cover trends in business, culture, technology, and politics at the intersection of global immigration. Today, we are ripped from the headlines with the topic of TPS, or Temporary Protected Status, which is back in the news in a big way. Coming up in just a few minutes, we'll be joined by human rights advocate Nils Kinawari, the immigration coordinator for the Congolese community of Washington, D.C., At the age of 18, Nils and his family were resettled in the United States after escaping the first Congo war. He joins us to discuss the campaign for TPS for Congolese immigrants, asylum seekers, and refugees. But first, the recent headline news about TPS. On Friday, August 18th, DHS Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas announced an extension of temporary protected status for the Ukraine for 18 months due to the ongoing armed conflict that prevents individuals from safely returning to the Ukraine. In addition, DHS announced a redesignation of TPS for the Ukraine for the same reason. This extension follows in a line of TPS-designated extensions for other countries, including El Salvador, Honduras, Nepal, Nicaragua, and Sudan. Joining me now to discuss this and other immigration news we should all be aware of is Ericsson Immigration Group partner, Rob Taylor. Hi, Rob. Hey, Lauren. Thanks for having me on the show today. So as you just mentioned, we do have some TPS-related news, but as a little bit of background, and I know you'll talk about this more uh, during the episode, uh, TPS, which stands for Temporary Protected Status, is a special designation that's given to individuals from certain countries when it's determined it wouldn't be safe for those individuals return to their home. So usually TPS is approved for a certain period of time. Uh, Oftentimes, if it's still not safe, they'll extend it. Um, And then during the protected period of time, individuals are able to register uh, for the status. And along with that status, they can also oftentimes obtain employment authorization. Um, So just to give folks a little bit of context as to, to what it is that we're discussing today. So specifically, as you mentioned, on the 18th, DHS did announce that TPS would be extended for the Sudan for 18 months. So there's a re-registration period for folks from August 21st through August 20th. Anyone who is already registered, uh, this is a time for them to re-register for this additional 18-month period. Additionally, anyone who might be registering for the first time essentially has from August 21st of 2023 until April of 2025 to register. Um, And as it relates to work authorization for these individuals, also referred to as an employment authorization document or an EAD Beneficiaries from the Sudan who had TPS from the 2013 uh, designation, they'll have their EADs automatically renewed. Uh, But individuals who might have applied for employment authorization more recently, 
uh, will need to actually apply for their EAD to be renewed uh, in relation to this 18-month extension. Uh, and then uh, along the lines of TPS as well that you mentioned for the Ukraine, again, uh, DHS extended this for 18 months and redesignated the Ukraine as a, as a country eligible for TPS. Uh, current beneficiaries of TPS should re-register between August 21st and October 20th. And those who have EAD will automatically be extended until October of 2024. So this is welcome news, you know, for individuals from these countries who, um, you know, where their countries continue to remain in some turmoil and might be unsafe, well, are unsafe for them to return. They'll have continued protected status here in the U.S. until perhaps conditions improve. And then kind of along the lines of just anyone really going through the immigration process, since the start of COVID, uh, it's been difficult for, for folks to get appointments with USCIS offices. And, uh, and so this can definitely have a, a very dramatic impact, especially if like you're applying for TPS and you might need to speak to an officer or you want to meet with someone from USCIS in person to discuss your case and maybe better understand how you should be applying for a benefit or getting an update on a case. Uh, USCIS, as part of its commitment to improving its customer service, has rolled out a new online appointment system. So there's a new system uh, where individuals can go, they can request an appointment at a local office. That request goes through to the USCIS contact center, and then they'll be scheduled for an appointment. You can't request like a specific date, uh, but you can let them know like if you need an appointment maybe sooner or later, and they, they can kind of try to prioritize as best they can that way. But hopefully at the end of the day, this new online appointment system will just create a more accessible and more efficient system uh, within USCIS and allow individuals to get questions and inquiries answered more quickly, as opposed to just maybe submitting a request online and waiting for a written update. A hundred percent. Thanks for that, Rob. Uh, let's turn our view to, I guess, around the world. What are some of the global updates in immigration this week? Sure. So there are always uh, lots of things to report on on the global side, but I think two important ones that will really have some uh, significant impact for many of our clients are uh, a couple updates for Singapore and for the Czech Republic. So first in Singapore, you know, we've continued to talk about the immigration system changes there referred to as COMPASS. Uh, as part of those changes, uh, specifically on September the 1st, the S-Pass, which is a, a type of work permit in Singapore, is going to have an increased salary requirement. And there's also going to be an increased monthly increase to the monthly levy that's applied to S-Pass holders. So companies need to be aware if you're uh, filing a new S-Pass or renewal, or if you have S-Pass holders currently, there's going to be some increases there that you need to account for. Uh, and just make sure that you're aware of those those updates there. And then the other location, Czech Republic, uh, so they have just announced and rolled out a digital nomad visa. So this is a fast track visa that's focused on IT professionals and allows individuals to come and work remotely from the Czech Republic uh, for up to a year. Uh, it can be extended beyond a year. Uh, but this is a great visa that allows for individuals to come there and work without necessarily requiring sponsorship from a company inside the Czech Republic. And it's just a really another example of how countries are continuing to adapt to this remote work model, where they're encouraging folks to come and live there uh, to attract talent, but also to you know, increase the revenue for the country by, by having individuals who are living there, working there, buying stuff there. Uh, so I think that we'll probably continue to see more of these visas pop up uh, from other countries, you know, as, as they see the success of this in the Czech Republic. Thanks, Rob. 
And before I let you go, I do know that EIG has some news to celebrate. Yeah. So uh, Alejandra Zapatero, who is one of the partners at Ericsson Immigration, uh, recently received the Worldwide ERC Service Recognition Award. So this was related to her individual contributions to the organization and her commitment to helping attract uh, guest speakers and acting as a panelist and just promoting the organization. And ERC itself is an organization that's set up to kind of provide community and a network for professionals who work in global mobility. And it's it's a great resource for anyone who might be in the mobility industry to uh, get connected with, with people who are working on similar in similar areas, but also to gain great knowledge, to gain information about best practices. Um, so it's, it's a fantastic organization that we've been involved with for a long time. And we're really proud of Alex and her hard work. And we're thankful for that recognition there. Definitely another well-deserved award for Alex. Congratulations to her. Yeah. Well, thanks again, Lauren, for having me. Um, as always, we have tons of updates on our website at eiglaw.com. So what I've talked about today, as well as many others, uh, can be found there. I'd encourage folks to check out the news updates so they can stay up to date. Perfect. Thank you, Rob Taylor. Thank you. And now we welcome to the Immigration Nerds podcast, Nils Kinawani. Thank you for joining me today, Nils. Thank you, Lauren. Happy to be here. Nils, you are a human rights advocate and the immigration coordinator for the Congolese community of Washington, D.C. Many of our listeners might not be aware that for decades, the people of the Democratic Republic of the Congo, or the DRC, have faced horrific violence and a humanitarian crisis as a result of one of the deadliest armed conflicts in modern history. Nils, can you tell us about your work and what has driven you to work with the Congolese community of the Washington, D.C. area? Yes. Thank you, Lauren. Um, So my work with the the community involves um, helping community members navigate the immigration system. And that includes finding and connecting community members to resources within uh, or outside the community, and also um, informing and educating the community on new and evolving immigration policies. Uh, We often uh, invite experts to talk to us about a particular topic of interest to the community. And lastly, uh, since uh, most of us uh, in the community are immigrants, my work also involves advocating for, for immigrant rights. And from what I obviously personally know, your involvement stems from a bit of a personal journey of yourself to the United States. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about that? Yeah, that's that's right. So I migrated to the U.S. in 2010. And as some of your listeners might know, the DRC been going through a period of violence. And I and my family uh, experienced that violence. and and likely we were able to escape. And finding safety in the U.S. and being able to help the community and help people who are uh, at risk for deportation and, and the risk of uh, being forced to return to unsafe conditions in the DRC has been, the, the whole experience has been very, uh, very rewarding to me. Um, and and that personal uh, experience really drives me to do this work for, uh, for for the community. And I think that leads nicely into really the immigration category that's at the heart of this conversation today, which is temporary protected status or TPS. 
So TPS for our listeners is a program that was established by the U.S. Congress in 1990 that allows Congress to designate migrants from certain countries who essentially their home countries are considered unsafe, whether that be by natural disaster, protracted unrest or conflict. And it gives them the right to live and work in the United States for a temporary but extendable by Congress period of time. Nils, you mentioned that part of your role in the community is to to advocate for immigration reform and keep track of possible immigration policies for this community. Why is it that you're looking at TPS as a possible viable option for individuals from the DRC? Yes, because um, clearly Congolese people are eligible for TPS because the conditions in the country, in the DRC, make it unsafe uh, for Congolese to return home. And these conditions include an ongoing armed conflict that has taken more than 5 million lives. Um, And I should note here, it's the deadliest armed conflict since World War II. Uh, There are also environmental disasters that that make it unsafe for Congolese to return home. There was a a volcano eruption um, in 2021 that displaced thousands of families. And as recently as uh, May of, of this year, there was a a flooding uh, that killed more than 400 individuals, including children. Um, So given these conditions, we believe that DRC meets the statutory definition for TPS. And to make it clear for our nerds listening, the DRC is not currently TPS designated, correct? That is correct. And so you recently published an op-ed calling on the Biden administration to extend TPS to the citizens of the DRC. And you wrote passionately about the potentially TPS eligible people from the DRC who might be forced to return there. Do you have a sense that officials in the administration and Congress appreciate the urgency that you're talking about? Yes, there is progress. And we know that the the U.S. government is aware of the unsafe conditions in the DRC. And we also know that they're increasingly paying attention to the security situation there. But now we are hoping, we're expecting for concrete uh, actions in terms of protecting Congolese people, especially those that are currently present living in the U.S. And I should note here that of the five countries with the highest number of refugees resettled in the U.S., the DRC is the only country without a TPS designation. So there are five countries, Syria, Sudan, DRC, Burma, and Ukraine. Four, all four have TPS designation, and the DRC is the only one without a TPS designation. That's some really powerful knowledge and, I guess, comparison. You know, we talked at the top of this episode about the recent extension of TPS designation for Ukraine and the Sudan. And in this current administration, we've actually seen an expansion of TPS to seven additional countries. Uh, So it's, I guess, a positive or really a forward-looking outlook that potentially we will see some action by Congress towards the DRC. Yes. And also, uh, we estimate that there are two to three individuals from the DRC that would benefit from TPS. Uh, Research shows that on average, these people have lived in the U.S. for 17 years. They contribute um, 30 million um, uh, to the the economy annually, and they live with 6,000 U.S. citizens. So so these people are integral members of the American economy and American communities. 
And so we believe a TPS designation for the DRC will save lives, strengthen our economy, and keep American families and communities safe and together. And I think looking broader again from your work on the issue of TPS, what can you say about its impact on possibly other African countries? Yes, yeah, so we are uh, working in coalition with other advocacy groups, and, and together uh, we are pushing for TPS designation for uh, countries like Mali, Mauritania, Nigeria, and a redesignation for Cameroon. And quite frankly, African immigrants are not always afforded the same level of opportunities and humanity that are extended to folks from other parts of the world. And we believe that TPS is an opportunity that would put our communities on the path of realizing their American dream. So Nils, what is next for you and your outreach activities within the Congolese community? Yeah, so we are uh, meeting with government officials and explaining the situation in the DRC and the conditions there. Uh, and at the same time, we are also mobilizing communities and really folks from anywhere to join this campaign. This is, uh, this is about humanity, and, and we believe that keeping and making Congolese communities and African communities stronger and safe will strengthen our economy and our society. Nils, thank you so much for sharing your personal journey and your, your passion for this campaign for the Congolese TPS with all of us today. We thank you so much for joining us on the Immigration Nerds podcast. Thank you so much, Lauren. And to all you nerds out there listening, thank you. As ever, you can track everything going on at Ericsson Immigration Group at our website, eiglaw.com. And remember, if you believe immigration makes us all better, then this is the podcast for you. Subscribe and share. And meet us right back here for another new episode of Immigration Nerds.